Being on the front lines in the fight to educate the next generation is tough. The goal of this podcast is to provide you with important updates, encouragement, and connection. Welcome to the Institute Leaders Lifeline. Hello, and welcome to this episode of the Institute Leaders Lifeline. My name is Mike Sinclair, Deputy Superintendent of School Support at the Charter Institute at Erskine. And today is a fantastic episode. So glad that you've tuned in with us. We're going to celebrate Ms. Roden, our new Institute Teacher of the Year, but it's also our next to the last episode for this season. So next week will be our wrap-up of the first season of the podcast, so make sure that you have subscribed and you follow us so that it shows up in your podcast list so you can finish the year strong. Mr. V has a special idea, so we're working on that, and hopefully it'll be a lot of fun. But for today, I want to introduce to everyone our new Teacher of the Year, Ms. Charmaine Roden from Cyber Academy. She is a high school Spanish teacher and uh, really had an exciting uh, banquet last week. So tell, kind of tell me about how that went through your mind. What was, what was going on? All of it's so surreal for me. I think just even being nominated for Teacher of the Year at my school was just such a huge honor. And then winning was totally unexpected um, at the high school level, but there's something so profound about being recognized by my my colleagues. Like that, that just means so much. Um, so being at the banquet, it was just great. Like just being surrounded by such positive energy and right. watching like staff and students and teachers be celebrated. Like it was just a big party of celebration and the energy was so like infectious. So I um, had a great time. I was very nervous, most of it. Um, wasn't quite sure how it would go, but it was great being in just like amongst such a passionate group of educators. So how did your family react? I mean, oh I got a celebrity gosh. in the house now. <laughs> so my husband, unfortunately, couldn't be there with me. Um, and my daughter, he was at home with our small uh, child. But they were so excited. So as soon as I got back to the table, I like sent text messages and I was like, I won with like the emoji crying face. And um, all of them replied and they were like, I knew it. <laughs> so excited. So they were like, I told you so. So my entire family has like an I, I told you so moment that I won't be able to really live down. So. <laughs> well, and I, and I will say this from the Institute side of it, um, when they did the interviews, um, of course, all of the finalists did a fantastic job, and the decision wasn't easy, but I will say I wasn't in those um, interviews, but um, they were very emotional. The, the, interview, the, the panel was very emotional after your interview, just really with your connection um, to the kids. So I, th I think that's one thing that we struggle with in understanding virtual schools. I, and I'll be honest, I came from a brick-and-mortar school for 20 years as being a principal, mm -hmm. and this year... Uh, a big learning curve for me has been to learn about the virtual um, education, just the whole environment. So let's spend a little bit of time talking about that. What what does a typical week look like for you um, as a virtual teacher? Well, I love being at the Cyber Academy of South Carolina because I feel like they're a great example of what virtual looks like if it's done well. So employing best practices, for example, as I would have seen my students in the brick and mortar, I see them virtually like multiple times in the week, four days a week, three times a day. So I do have those, that standard typical, you know, 
four by four schedule that I'm on. And in between that, I'm spending time planning. I'm also the electives department chair. So I'm like supporting my teachers in my department, connecting with families, just like being kind of on the ground with supporting the student outside of the classroom as well too, um, in addition to just being with them in the classroom. So it, it varies. I know that's a typical answer, but every day is a little bit different. Um, but it has a good mix of things that you would traditionally see in the brick and mortar as well too with your day. So I'm gonna be naive. Mm -hmm. Talk to me a little bit about how the virtual classroom really, um, how you interact? I mean, because I think the I think the naive view of it is is you and a camera and kids just watching a screen. <laughs> I know it's more complex than that. So talk to me about like what does that interface yeah. look like without you know without losing us in the technical yeah. end of it. But right, well, I try not to get technical, but as with anything, as in the brick and mortar, engagement's always going to be an issue. Even if you're teaching in person, right? Your concern as a teacher is. Am I connecting with my students and are, am I able to get them actively involved in the learning process? And that challenge is definitely there virtually as well, too. But I also feel like the virtual world kind of eliminates certain barriers. So there are students, for example, in my brick and mortar classroom who probably would have sat in the back of the classroom. They have social anxiety. Maybe they don't participate as much. And then in the virtual setting, you kind of have a level playing field in a way. So students feel more comfortable. They're at home. They're able to engage in different ways. Um, and so one of the things I'm really big on in my virtual classroom is offering a variety of instructional strategies that allow students to participate in the ways that are most comfortable to them. And that is so important to kind of meet them where they are. Um, and so my students know, like when they come to my class, I hate lecture. We're not lecturing. <laughs> like, I hated that yeah, in the yeah. brick and mortar. We're not lecturing. Like, virtually, you're not just going to stare at the screen. I expect you to be an active participant. Yeah. And so I kind of create activities that help facilitate that. And every day is different. So they don't know what to expect. I keep them on their toes. Yeah. And I love that. <laughs> I love doing that. Right, right. Well, so during COVID, everybody did, you know, I'm going to use air quotes for our listeners, virtual education. So it was a nice little Zoom meeting with a bunch of pictures of kids on the side or whatever. That is not what you do. No, not even close. And I actually made the transition to virtual prior to COVID, okay. like the year before COVID hit and then COVID hit. And I was like, well, I'm glad I did that. <laughs> right. Um, but you're right. Like it, I, I think there is a preconception that comes with virtual and truth be told, because I spent most of my time in the brick and mortar, I too had preconceived notions of like, what virtual looks like. Are you right. able to connect with students? Like if that's where my heart truly is, am I gonna be able to have that? Um, and what does rigor look like? And how do you assess mastery, right? And those are normal feelings, um, but there's definitely a huge difference in the COVID-19 emergency e-learning response okay. versus a school like Cyber Academy, which from the start has been a virtual charter school and they have models in place to help facilitate right. doing 
online education well. So there's a huge difference between the two. So you've got a whole module where you are sharing screens, you've got oh, student yeah. interaction. Oh yeah, all kinds of things. Breakout rooms, we do a lot of like class kick activities. I, I'm gonna like name drop a bunch That's of all right, that's all right. <laughs> Give me a little nugget about these when you name drop. Like what okay, is class so kick? Class kick is essentially like, um, it is an app essentially where students are able to log in. Um, I'm able to put content in there and watch them work in real time. What I tell my students is it's very much so like if we were in a physical classroom and I was having you practice something and I walk over to your desk just to check in on you one-on-one -on -one and to give you feedback. Class Kick allows me to do that because in Neuro, where we're holding classes, we're all in one big group. Whereas I get to have them break out into this app that allows me to see their work in real time. And I'm able to give them feedback. I'm able to guide them. I'm able to just offer that support that I would have offered in the brick and mortar. So one of the things I've learned is I was a great teacher in the brick and mortar. I think when I transitioned to virtual, I was very concerned about who's my identity as a virtual teacher, uh, right? Yeah, yeah. And so one thing I've discovered is everything that I could do in the brick and mortar, I can do virtually. It just takes a little bit of innovation, right? right. Sometimes my students are guinea pigs and I let them know that, like, <laughs> we're gonna try this, this may bomb, but you know what, we're gonna give it a shot. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Um, and so there's so many different things that you can do um, and so many different instructional strategies and tools you can use in the virtual setting to really reach your students. No, I, I've never heard of Kick. Yeah, um, Class Kick, amazing. That, um, you know, to me, I think about as an administrator, uh, going to observe a teacher and I'm, you know, definitely want to see them moving around and checking yeah. on students one-on-one. -on -one. Student kind of knew, if you were three rows over, but you, you know what I'm saying? So, but with this, it's yes. real time it's for the whole time. class and they don't know where you're yeah, checking in. I'm like, I'm kind of stalking you and that's okay. <laughs> but like, it's, it's in an effort to help you master something. Yeah. So like, don't be afraid. And it's great because I can see them in real time. So all the apps, like the technological advances we have are just incredible. So right. class kick and puzzles, boom cards, gim kit. Oh my gosh. Like look at all kinds of things. And I am one of those teachers who uses any and everything. So you just have it queued up. Yeah, I'm I'm huge on like my content, but I'm also big on helping students learn how their brain works and all of our brains work so differently. So I'm big on like, I'm gonna show you this content in multiple different ways so that one of these will click for you and whatever okay. one works for you is great. So you're gonna see this content in a video or we're gonna pop into Class Kick for hands-on learning okay. or we're gonna do some interactive like task cards to keep things going and get you that instant feedback. So I'm huge on. So you're hitting all the modalities. Oh, it's not yeah. just visual auditory. Absolutely. You're hitting yeah. them all. It's more and I want students to lean into the way that their brains work. So. Don't be afraid of that. They all of our brains work so differently. So I'm huge on them building confidence, not only in my content, but like in themselves. So, so you've just transitioned a little bit, and you're really talking about confidence, doing students getting their learning styles in. You know, I think there's also a piece of how do you build a relationship with a student that might literally be a couple hundred miles away from you in the virtual world. So yeah. talk to me about that. How, how do you build relationships with your students? Yeah, that was definitely one of my concerns making the transition from the brick and mortar because that's 
like why I teach. Like those connections was it for me. So that was one of the scariest thoughts is like, if I don't have that, Mm -hmm. what is teaching to me? And so coming in virtually, what I found is that those relationships are there. You just have to be more intentional about it. So um, using things like student interest surveys, right? I want you to take this survey. I want to get to know like your goals for this class, but also like, what are your hobbies? Like, do you like working in a group? Do you prefer working alone? Do you work better if there's music in the background? Things like that. Um, Or, hey, it's your birthday. I'm actually going to send you an actual postcard in the mail, (laughs) which they're so unaccustomed to, right? Because they're like, mail, a stamp. Like, what what is this? A post office, right? Doing things like that to kind of break the barrier of the screen. If you can get past this the screen aspect and think about how you can connect and use what you learn about them in those sessions to expand on the level of support and care and conversations outside of that mm-hmm. that's where the connections come in and they recognize that because yeah. it's not easy to do that but if you're intentional it's there now do you do you have um like what if a student needs your assistance more than just in that class period yeah. Um, how do they, you know, stop by your classroom in yeah, essence? That's how, a how great question. So obviously we have email um, yeah. and then we have telephone numbers that are also textable. So for a lot of our yeah. students, they text message or text message is a great way, yeah. very convenient way for them to communicate. Um, and so I encourage that for them to come to me if they need anything. Like I am great if you need help with Spanish can't really help you when it comes to math or science, <laughs> right? So don't don't call Mrs. Roden for that. But anything else, I'm like, I've got you. You're stuck with me for life. Um, so they do have ways to reach out outside of that, which is helpful. And I've had that happen a few times. I mean, I've taught students where they're attending virtual because, you know, mom has cancer and this is the only way that they can continue their education and help play still the role that they need to within their household. Um, And I built such a strong connection with that student and that family. And mom, unfortunately, passed away about two years ago um, from the battle with cancer. And the student had already graduated. But because I maintained that relationship, I knew what was happening in that student's world outside of the classroom. And so I was able to reach out to my principal at the time, Nikki Batson, who's amazing. And I said, hey, the student has already graduated but this is what's happening. Um, And she was so supportive. We were able to send flowers and a card, you know, once a heron, always a heron. And so it's just things like that, where if you, if that is your goal to have solid relationships with students, I really don't think that there's any barrier there. I think you will find ways to like, to break down those barriers. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Well, and you know, you hit on it, you know, some Sometimes we miss that our students have circumstances that don't lend themselves to the brick and mortar in a fixed amount of time they're away from home. And and that that's one. Sometimes they're caring for their family. Is there any does any other student situation stand out where you're like, that's what this is created oh, for? Oh yeah. I coming from brick and mortar into this virtual setting and being able to serve a different subpopulation of students is so special to me because you encounter scenarios where you're like, there is absolutely a need for options. Like if brick and mortar works for some, great. 
If it doesn't, there's a virtual option and there are so many students who have parents or family members who are ill. A lot of my students have children of their own and they really just wanna shift their trajectories and have a better quality of life for them and their children. And that, when you, when you peel back the layers of virtual and you see that, it's very hard to have a mindset that like, virtual shouldn't exist. Like it's just a cop out or it's not. I, I think if you're in it and you see the ways that it works and the ways that it impacts students and yeah. families, it's really hard to deny like the need for it. Right. Yeah. Right. They're not trying to evade. Take the easy way out. Attendance policy. Yeah. Like, no. And I, I would argue that it's 10 times more challenging learning virtually. Like I teach virtually, but I am not a person that would do well in a virtual setting. That's okay. not the way yeah. it works for me. Right. And so I, I, I'm, I'm there with you in terms of there are definitely preconceived notions there. And it's not just like an easier way to yeah. like work towards something it's it's more challenging because they do have some of our students do have absolutely incredible stories and obstacles and challenges that they're going through i i know coming to this position i I do work virtually three days a week Mm -hmm. um and in the office too and that was that's a huge transition for me to work virtually that maybe took the whole year to be quite frank for me for i finally got my feet under me you know some days are better than others but if you were to talk to the brick and mortar self, you know, if you were to go back and talk to yourself or talk to the others that are interested and say, you know, maybe this helps me broaden my reach. And, and that's what I see is, you know, yes. if you're a great brick and mortar teacher and you were interested in the vir- virtual, you, you, you're going to broaden your footprint in South Carolina. You know, at the Institute, we we talk a lot about we have at least one student in every zip code. Um, we have a teacher from every county that's working in the institute schools. So what would you say to that brick and mortar teacher that's thinking about virtual, that's kind of hesitant? What what might be some advice you'd give that person to help them, encourage I'd, them? I would say go for it. Um, it's very easy to kind of get stagnant. You're in your comfort zone. If something's really speaking to your spirit, like you kind of can't outrun that. For me personally, I was just ready for change. I'm, I'm a lifelong learner. I had reached the point in the brick and mortar where I felt like, yeah, like I just kind of want more. I also have my daughter and priorities sort of shift there too in mm-hmm. terms of work-life balance. And I left for one thing and have gotten so much more. So I would encourage them that, I personally feel like I am a better teacher now. I was a great teacher in the brick and mortar. I'm an even better teacher virtually because there's more creative leeway and there's more um, support and more opportunities to really reach students in different populations. And so if you're fearful of it, please know that like those sentiments are completely relatable and understandable, but I took the leap and it's hard to think about not having taken it. I'm so grateful that I did. Right. And and I want to transition out of some school stuff. But one last thing, you know, you are a lead teacher in your in your school. You're you're a leader with the Mm -hmm. with your department. How do you in leadership in a virtual school kind of build that team bond? 
um, within your other teachers there so that y'all feel united yeah. and you're not all in silos. And that's so important any in any department, but especially in electives, like we're tiny, yeah. but we are mighty. Um, <laughs> and I love that about us so much. And there's so much passion there. I think with any leadership role, I feel like you have the ability to be an advocate and you have the ability to set people up for success and leave them better than the way that you found them. So having opened conversations, having an open door policy is a great way to support teachers. And I love being in roles like that because our profession is so challenging. And so if you've got strong people to lean on, that pushes you through so many hard days. Um, And I absolutely love being able to do that with my department. And so we are very connected. We converse a lot. Um, It's about building those relationships, not only in relation to professional stuff, but caring about who they are as people and who they are outside of the classroom and showing your intent with wanting to get to know them and respecting them as the leaders and content experts they are. I approach every single leadership role from the mindset of I'm not here and you're here. We're I'm equally going to learn as much from you as you're going to learn from me. And I that's how I approach all my relationships right. from that perspective. Right. And that's very healthy. That, that's one thing we've talked about is you've got to lead by example and yeah. be in the trench. You can't be above and demand something you that you're not to. giving. Yeah, you definitely have to because those perspectives are helpful. It's helpful to hear from other people who are in the trenches, you also have to be willing to get your hands a little dirty, right? Um, and be in there with them. And I think they respect that and they admire that. And that's something that helps you build a stronger relationship professionally. And then they have that intrinsic motivation to want to give their best because they feel supported. Right. And if I can give my teachers the best in my department, then they're going to give the best to our students. Right. No, I that's very wise. Very well. Very well said. Very well said. Yeah. And you're sitting there, you know, as, as being a, a teacher in the virtual school and demands of students having access to you. Yeah. You're leading the electives department. You mentioned, you know, you, you want to do this change in some level because you access to your daughter and have. Mm-hmm. So how do you balance? I mean, I know from working at home, I, you know, it's <laughs> I work in the house, so I'm not leaving work. So how do you how do you balance? And that, that is, yeah, it's definitely a learning curve. And I've gotten better at that. Having a separate workspace is so helpful. Okay. Being able to close that door and say, OK, like that is it out of sight, out of mind. And having that separation okay. is is critical, um, making the most of your professional time too. Like these are my work hours. Here's my priority list. These things take precedent in their priority today. There's a whole other day, right? right? And I will get to that the next day, which is hard. As a teacher, you want to just like scratch off everything, right? <laughs> um, but what you give yourself outside of the classroom also benefits your students. So it's important to take care of yourself, even if it's like I've been in front of the screen for like three hours. I'm going to go around the neighborhood and take like a 10 minute walk, right? Just like pulling yourself away and being willing to pour into yourself outside of the classroom is so important. And it can be hard to do that because sometimes you feel bogged down. I felt very, very bogged down in the brick and mortar, whereas virtually I've been able to pour more into myself and that kind of trickles to my family and all the other areas of my life too, so... And that's huge to recognize that yeah. as far as I need a 10 minute break. Yes. Because, you know, the, 
when you're by yourself at the house, in my experience is you, you can be guilty of just cranking out work, you know, and then all of a sudden you realize, yeah. you know, you're dead because you feel like you got to fill time yeah. and you forget that in yeah. a face-to-face -face work environment, you might have a one-off conversation in the hall where your brain checks out. So, exactly. so that's good for our virtual workers that listen. Yeah. I think that's a great strategy. Go just take a walk or do yeah, something. Yeah, and for encourage that. your students to do the same thing. Like, hey, like, have you been outside today? It's beautiful. Like, encouraging them to do that yeah. as well too, because their schedules are jam packed with yeah. classes and all the things they're doing. So, yeah, it's so right. important. And as far as screen time, they spend plenty of screen time oh my after gosh. your class. Right. Exactly. <laughs> on their exactly. personal time. <laughs> So it's a win-win to encourage them to get from behind a screen sometimes. Right, so. right. So teacher of the year, mm -hmm. is that exciting? Is that intimidating? Is that, what is that for you in this minute? It's is, been less than a, well, today's <laughs> been a week almost. Is there like all of the above options? Sure, take us through okay. that. Um, excited, like just being recognized is just I don't know. I'm a teacher that just prioritizes my students. So my head's kind of in the sand. Mm -hmm. I don't really worry about who's watching me okay. because I'm focused on my students. So to kind of get that tap on the shoulder, like, hey, we see you and what you're doing is amazing. And I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, I'm just doing what I what I feel is important. Right. So it's exciting in that way because I'm more of a background teacher kind of being brought to the forefront. Okay as like a symbol of excellence, but there's a lot of um, anxiety that comes with that. I'm naturally an introvert. So okay. this is, I've had to tell myself what would I tell my students, which is you're capable, right? Okay. If it makes you uncomfortable, there are opportunities to grow. And so I've been having this conversation with myself throughout the process. Um, but to see the amount of teachers and staff members who have rallied behind me has just been incredible. They are like, it's like I'm the quarterback in like uh, uh, the Super Bowl. <laughs> and, yeah. and I'm like, you know, I've won or something or helped me the like winning pass. Like, it's incredible. So I feel like I want to do my best to represent those teachers who are passionate about what they do um, and who encounter obstacles in and outside the classroom um, to remain in the profession. And so I feel honored and all the feelings that come with that. So it's going to be quite an adventure for me. <laughs> it will be an adventure and there will be plenty of there'll be as many opportunities as you want. Yeah. I mean, really, there's yeah. there, there's infinite numbers of opportunities because a teacher's voice, you know, being a former leader, a teacher's voice is really more powerful to me than the principal's voice because the principal gets paid to be the voice per se. But yeah. the teacher stepping out of the classroom really is the one that has the magic. You know, as we talk about on the podcast, the, the leader's objective in many cases is to provide an environment for the teacher to do his or her best. Yes. It's not for the principal to do the work. You're just creating the environment. Yeah. And so here you are. You get the chance to come out of that classroom on the ground. You know, we, we, we around here, one of our cliches is boots on the ground. Yeah, right. You know, and you're speaking from a perspective that a lot of time our elected officials don't hear. Yes. Um, and that's important. That's really important. And you have brick and mortar experience mm -hmm. and virtual experience. So you can speak to both of those because mm -hmm. I do think virtual is becoming more relevant I think it's always been important, but it's really becoming more relevant to the conversations. Um, 
I think it's just a great time to have your passion in interjected into that conversation. So um, I guess I guess my last question would be, you know, what would you if, if you were sitting here in front of your I, I want to say cask all the time because that's what <laughs> David Crook says all the time. But if you're here in front of your cyber academy family, yeah. what would you say to maybe those teachers that don't feel as empowered, they, they feel like, I mean, I just teach in my classroom. I mean, mm-hmm. what, what would you say to them to encourage them that, no, you, you have a bigger impact? Yeah, I mean, you make an impact in and outside the classroom tenfold. Um, my statement to them would be mostly a question, which is what do you need? Like, what do you need to be the best version of yourself? What do you need to be able to um, feel encouraged to inspire students in the classroom and how can we help facilitate that and finding those gaps because is it something that we can do is there something that we can you know offer that would help that just having a conversation about it but i would encourage them to know that like you absolutely make an impact like you shift trajectories for the better. It is something that um, most people would not understand and it's so challenging. And I know it's easy to sit there and get bogged down in that. But if you remember the why, you just never know whose life you could be changing by trying to be the best teacher that you can be. Um, and so I would just I would just encourage them to That's just awesome. keep Keep pushing, keep striving for better. And if you're not, ask yourself what is causing you not to be able to do that. I like that. So instead of getting caught in your circumstances, find out what's keeping you from being your best mm-hmm. yeah. so that you can create that. Correct. And you can and you can voice what that is, right? So yeah. you can share like, hey, I really need this, you know, and I need to be supported in this way and not being free to have those open conversations especially if you're in an environment where it's supported, which it is. Yeah. No, that's awesome. So I know you're leaving here and you've got a little race to run down (laughs) in the lower part of the state. Are you a runner? Is that like, Oh my gosh, we're not supposed to share this publicly now. It puts Ah. pressure on me. (laughs) Everyone's going to be checking my stats online. Like how did she do? Um, Don't look at that. Um, Yeah. So I'm going to a 5k at Charlestown landing called race the landing. It is my favorite 5k. So if you're ever like in the Charleston area, they offer it every year aside from the years with COVID. Um, So this is the first time I'm getting to do it since COVID. Um, And my whole family's doing it. Like my husband, my daughter, my mom, my aunt's coming in from North Carolina. So I've like kind of like spread my crazy (laughs) (laughs) and I'm like, come do this with me. So um, yes, I started running a few years ago actually. And I've just really loved it. It was something that I didn't think I was ever capable of, but um, have worked really hard and it's been great. So yeah, I'm excited uh, about it. That's awesome. I I run, and actually, I haven't had as much time lately. My wife has really gotten into it, and oh, yeah. you know, you see the sayings all the time. Whether it take, no matter how long it takes you to run a mile, you still ran a mile. Right. And so, exactly. you know, it's 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 all about setting those goals, yeah. kind of like you were saying to your message to the teachers. And that's what it was. Setting your goals, yeah. finding out what you need to do to be your best, and go. just. Yeah, I I did it after I had my daughter and I was like, I'm just going to do this. And it was my first major goal since having her. 
And then I've just kept up with it, which has been amazing. This so, is exciting. Yeah, so exciting. Well, best of luck. Thank you. Not only in your time, but just enjoy it. That, that sounds like a wonderful location for a race. Yes, beautiful. Um, and having your whole family with you. So enjoy it. We're glad that you were able to carve out a little bit of time to come up here with us. Um, and hope you have a great Memorial Day weekend coming up. As we're recording this, you'll be listening to it after Memorial Day, but um, we're recording it before Memorial Day. So we have one more episode, as we said, coming up next week. It'll be an end of uh, the year, like I said as well. V has a creative idea that we're going to try to pull off. So hopefully you'll join us next week for that episode. But as you go into these final days of this academic year, please make sure that you take time to take care of yourself and take care of those you lead. Have a great day. Be sure to follow the Institute on all of our social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. At Erskine Charters, we'll have all of these resources, including this podcast, many stories of our schools, and other things. So check us out. The opinions expressed within the content are solely the authors and do not reflect the opinions and beliefs of the Charter Institute at Erskine or its affiliates.